list podcast your source for all sports injury topics for the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru we keep you in the action and out of the injured list What's up, everybody? Your host, Brian Scott here, back with another episode of The Injured List. Glad you could join us again. Very special topic to discuss today, um, and it's going to include a very special guest of mine on the show. First time ever we're going to have a guest, so I'm really excited about it. So I want to talk today about some professions in the healthcare industry and how they've been affected directly by the COVID-19 pandemic but not just about healthcare itself, but also about sports and healthcare and how the two intertwine and how that has all been uh, affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So athletic trainers are the primary focus of my discussion today. And you might be saying to yourself, what is an athletic trainer? You may have also heard me use this term to describe uh, a very specific set of healthcare professionals. And I have am one of them, so um, that's part of the reason why. Uh, I was an 18-year certified athletic trainer, uh, recently retired my credential. I'm also a certified physician assistant, and that's my full-time job working in sports uh, medicine with uh, orthopedic group. So um, I wanted to delve deeper into, number one, who athletic trainers are, what they do, and how they've been directly affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. And um, my guest is going to help me do that a little later on in the show. But let's get started and kind of define who these people are, this profession is, and what they do and how their roles are um, in the current situation. So the National Athletic Trainers Association is the kind of governing body slash organization that um, basically oversees the, the profession. And they're organized as a way to bring together professionals in order to set professional standards, um, appropriate physical and, and pro- appropriate professional recognition. In order to do that, they've set forth standards of professionalism, education, certification, research, and clinical practice guidelines. And that varies uh, state by state, but there's a nor- national uh, organization that also oversees all those credentialing processes. Now, the National Athletic Trainer Association defines athletic trainers as, and I quote, a healthcare professionals who render service or treatment under the direction of or in collaboration with a physician in accordance with their education and training and the state statutes, rules, and regulations. As part of the healthcare team, services provided by athletic trainers include primary care, injury and illness prevention, wellness promotion and education, emergent care, examination, and clinical diagnosis, therapeutic intervention, and rehabilitation of injuries and medical conditions. So as you can see, it's Uh, And that's end quote. As you can see, that's a wide uh, array of skills and um, uh, services that they provide. Now, you may be more familiar with them as the professionals that are on the sidelines um, at sporting events or nearby in a golf cart or a gator with a rack of medical supplies ready to run onto the field or court of play in order to treat injured athletes. The profession has been around, though, since the 1950s and may actually even precede that. But it wasn't until the 1950s where uh, the National Athletic Trainers Association was formed and basically developed an organizational and regulatory oversight um, for the profession as a whole. 
So um, after this is when the profession really started to gain momentum and grow. So you fast forward to today, and you can find them basically, um, athletic trainers in all facets of sports and healthcare. They're an integral part of the healthcare team and often a very overlooked asset to many successful athletic organizations and programs. You know, we used to refer to ourselves back in the day as kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. But as I've grown and gained much experience over the years in the profession and in healthcare in general, I think that that's kind of the wrong way of looking at the profession. In fact, they're very much skilled professionals and they do master the art of sports medicine. More specifically, they have mastered the art of dealing and taking care of athletes. They provide individuals, I'm sorry, they provide invaluable services to athletes, whether injured or not. The athletic training room has always been sort of a safe haven for athletes to come. It's a place where they can kind of gather, um, speak with the trainer, uh, athletic trainers, get advice, uh, relieve some stress, get away from media, um, talk about personal issues that may be going on, you know, go, go to the training room speak to your athletic trainer for a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen to their problems and help them deal with situations that may be going on outside of their athletic careers. So it's, it's often a very valuable part of the locker room and organization. Um, athletic trainers often deal not only with the physical stressors, but very often, like I just mentioned, with the emotional stressors of being an athlete and performing day in and day out and maintaining a successful high level of um, participation. However, the relatively unknown side of the profession is that athletic trainers also function in many other capacities, and this is not readily known. Some are not just directly involved in the day-to-day healthcare of patients or athletes or personnel, but in many cases, they're actually the ones in charge of coordinating and maintaining a comprehensive healthcare team and plan. They serve in administrative positions, educational roles, and they've also branched out into more mainstream corporate America as well. So why do I bring up this topic now and why at all? Well, we all know how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the world of sports and healthcare employees, but I wanted to really explore how it has affected those whose profession revolves around both sports and healthcare. So who better to speak with about this topic than my first guest ever on the podcast? But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have the very first guest ever on my podcast Brady Course, all the way from Washington on the West Coast. He is a certified athletic trainer, and I do have to disclose a colleague, classmate, and friend of mine from years ago. Um, Brady, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, honored to be the, the first uh, the first guest for you. Yeah, Brady. well, yeah, I couldn't think of anybody better to have on. Um, <laughs> give my listeners just a little overview of your background, your credentials, where you're coming from, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into it a little bit here. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is Brady Corso, and I'm an athletic trainer. Been athletic trainer certified for uh, the last uh, coming up on 18 years, so 2002. Um, 
worked a lot in the high school settings. Uh, did some time in some prof- professional sports with uh, basketball um, for a little bit. But I found myself in the last seven years in the occupational setting, which is a little bit different than the normal uh, for athletic trainers. But uh, the more that I talk to uh, other people, there's athletic trainers that have been in this role for 20 plus years. So uh, it's new to us, and I think it's new to me, um, and as well as other athletic trainers, but it's definitely been around. So um, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm also strength and conditioning certified, and uh, at my newest certification is a certified ergonomic assessment specialist, uh, which is obviously deals with a lot of what I'm doing with now, um, setting up desks and office office uh, equipment uh big huge equipment uh yeah. for production places okay so like industrial equipment we're talking yeah big time yeah. yeah we're not we're not necessarily talking like office chairs and like laptops we're talking like industrial machinery things like that yes yep okay yeah so i, I kind of had spoken about this a little bit earlier in the podcast here about um the crossover between sports and healthcare. Um, and how athletic trainers are kind of on the forefront of kind of bridging those two gaps. And this has been going on for years, as most of us know, but the general public may not. And that's part of the topic of our discussion here is really how athletic trainers have now been thrust in, into the forefront of this COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm wondering in your current role, how do you, what is your typical day like normally? And then how has that changed given the current status of what's been going on here with this COVID-19? I like to think um, a lot of what I do is very similar to what uh, I would do like in the high school settings, you know, as an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, except my my athletes right now are they're all older adults. They're in their twenties and thirties right. and forties uh, and, and older than that. So yeah. um, my day can you know it's it's um, I'd almost describe like when you say what's my typical day look like. I almost feel like I should just describe my week, but I'll start mm-hmm. day by day. Um, each each week, each day for me is completely different than the other. Um, I'll start at at a facility. Uh, we have distribution centers. We work with food manufacturers, food production, delivery services, all that stuff. So, um, I'll check in about four o'clock in the morning with uh, most of them. And I spend about three to four hours, uh, with them at a time, uh, lead them in stretching routines. Uh, we do, uh, first aid slash early intervention. So everything that we focus on, uh, in work is all, prior to an employee needing to see the doctor and so our whole focus is if we can you know there's a lot of things that can be helped you know with just first aid which is you know uh, ice heat uh, maybe light massage you know biofreeze kinesio tape all these things that anybody could apply but yet we just have our skill set as athletic trainers right. to so, apply so a, those lot, same a lot things. of prevention a lot of preventative measures and a lot of like yes. initial treatment of some various degrees of uh, injuries or problems Yep. Okay. Yep. Trying to treat them before they become you know, patients in a way. Right, so right. I feel like what I do now is it's it's more prevention than I've ever done in th- throughout my entire career. OK. Yeah. And as, as we know, you and I, that's a big part of what athletic training profession is, especially when dealing mm-hmm. with athletes. And as you now described uh, into the corporate sector. So if you will. Um, yep. OK. And now how do you see that role? How or if you wanted to go into more detail about your typical week or day, but how how has that changed now with the COVID-19, I'm assuming those responsibilities have kind of put to the back burner. Yeah. You know, we, we were affected by, um, obviously some of the stay at home, you know, uh, policy that they're, that they're mandating up here in, in the West coast. Right. Um, but a lot of our sites are they They, they kind of canceled any contractors coming in and we're, we're contractors for all these companies. 
they canceled us from coming in, but we've we've still been able to utilize our phone service. So we do phone, basically telehealth okay. uh, with them. And then um, I think the cool part is I take a lot of pride in this too. And a lot of our clients, in fact, all of our clients that we have, we have about 22 different clients all throughout the nation. Uh, all of them are actually still functioning now because they're essential businesses for uh, America. And so they're okay. all still working. They're all still making products, producing stuff, and shipping okay. things out. So you're still uh, pretty they, busy then with regards to all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're still taking phone calls. Our, our employees uh, are still working. So okay. but we've limited our time out on the site, so we're not going out to the site with them all the time, meaning gotcha. their store okay. or the workforce. But um, the way we've switched, and it's been a great thing uh, for us and for the employees we work with, is uh, we started doing screenings. So we've been able to provide COVID-19 screenings to okay. the employees that are coming in and out of the buildings and, and going to your supermarkets and filling up shelves. We're okay. providing a, a service to them to help um, make sure that they're not uh, experiencing any of the symptoms. Okay. So now is that, have you been able to establish that kind of protocol with the help of some state or local officials or federal agencies? Or how did you guys come to that um, protocol that you're now implementing with regards to screenings? We had we had our own protocol we kind of uh, written up because we we mm-hmm. kind of as soon as this came about we said hey this is something we can we can provide a service for right um, so we wrote up a protocol but one of the companies we're working with um, they had their own and a lot of them will kind of have they've got to follow their own HR restrictions and guidelines and such and so mm-hmm. we've been able to just um, follow suit with what they had lined up and then just be the the providers on site okay. uh, doing the doing the screenings and so it's just uh, questionnaires answering questions about mm-hmm. symptoms. Uh, where they've been, and um, then we follow up with the temperature scan. Okay. So where you know I'm coming from the East Coast, Brady obviously is out on the West Coast. It, it seems like the 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 major cities, Portland, Oregon, being the closest to you, um, New York City being probably the closest in the vicinity to me, have really been hit the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe the West Coast may have actually started kind of doing some of this stuff even sooner, just because of the fact that San Francisco was hit so hard, LA was hit so hard. Um, where I am now, it, it's been about four weeks where we've kind of been dealing with this. Ha, mm-hmm. Has it been about the same amount of time for you, or has this been going on even longer out there? Um, I really feel like it was the time frame, I guess, end of like the end of February. Okay, so maybe a little yes, bit we're before us. Yeah, a little bit more before you guys. I, mean, I think before we were definitely hearing about it in in January, mid January to you know, mid, even mid February, but it wasn't to the scale of what we thought. You know, it. it it is right now. You know, I, kinda, I definitely right. overlooked it in a way. It's like, well, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people did. I think that's kind of, even in the healthcare profession, I think a lot of people yeah. at first were kind of just brushing it off a little bit. Um, not until it started to become known that it was uh, two weeks of possibly being asymptomatic that you could still spread it. I think that's what yeah. really triggered the healthcare industry to kind of get more alert and be on point about it. But um, I can probably honestly say that I think that's been the consensus throughout the healthcare industry was that they probably slept on it a little bit longer than they should have too. Yeah. Um, now, do, are you guys having any problems out there with regards to personal protective equipment? Have you found yourselves in a in a bind when it comes to that? Uh, ordering stuff that we we didn't already have on hand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, one of the companies we're working with that does the screenings, they're uh, they're food food manufacturer or I guess they produce food oh, uh, beverages, right. and uh, they had all the stuff on site already. It's part of their their normal work attire to have the PPE, the glasses, gotcha. the masks, the uh, lab coats, and all that stuff. Right. So. With that, they actually supplied us with everything that uh, we needed for them, <clears throat> for our employees to do, to do the screening. So it was already on hand. Great. But we have had issues with uh, finding some stuff, and 
other clients have asked us, hey, can you do the screenings? And we say yes. And that, well, do you have the stuff? I'm like, well, no. So we've been scrambling to find some stuff. And uh, now we have a stockpile of, of a small portion if we needed it. But um, yeah. but that, that was definitely a challenge. Now, with regards to the symptoms and, and stuff that you've been seeing, and maybe even you can comment on the morale of the workers and the environment out there in the West Coast where you are, even within your own company um, or the companies that you deal with, how uh, can you give us a, a light at the end of the tunnel here on the East Coast? Because I feel like we're kind of not even really um, at the peak yet here. I'm not sure if you guys are or not, but um, how has it been? I mean, do you find that things are kind of turning around for the better, that things are kind of improving, that things might be getting back to normal soon? Uh, or do you feel like you guys haven't even peaked yet as well? Yeah, my my perception on it, I feel like, I feel like we are – well, one, I've, I've stopped watching more of the news, so I feel like yeah. we're, we're definitely getting better. That, I feel like after I stopped watching the news, all my symptoms went away. I'm like, hey, I guess I'm not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I, I'm hoping we're on the at least the apex of this and, and coming down uh, just from what the numbers that I've been hearing. Uh, you know, um, with our local hospital, you know, the numbers mm-hmm. are going down on, on the actual cases of yep. uh, positive testing. So I hope I hope that's where it's going, um, getting better. Good, good. Glad to hear that. That at least gives us a little bit of positivity on this end. Um, yeah. How do you think this is going to redefine your role within your company and with the companies you deal with going forward? Do you foresee any long-term changes or something new developing as a result of what we're going through right now as far as athletic trainers in the industrial or workplace slash corporate America setting? You know, I am... I'm, I believe that this, like, this was an awesome. It, this is a terrible thing to happen, right. but it was a great thing to happen for athletic trainers to be able to jump in like we did. We were we were able to hire um, about twenty five athletic trainers that had lost their job at the school or oh, at wow. a clinic, uh, you know, whether it be furloughs or actually just laid off, uh, and provide them with full time, part time uh, screener positions. So we had, I mean, we had full time positions available for screeners, and we got some athletic trainers right now doing. Uh, 48 to 50 hours at a facility 24 seven, you know, that's their shift is they're, they're, they've matched the schedule of our clients, which are usually oh, wow. like three to four twelves. Wow, so yeah. that has been awesome. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you go from having the worst news possible, and, Hey, you know, we've got to let you go to finding something where we're able to put you into a job. They're an independent contractor. And I quite, I quite honestly think some of them are making more this week than they did at the previous job. In fact, I know that for sure. Well, that's that's great um, news. So yeah. that's awesome. I, yeah. I feel really good that Action on Site, which is the company I work with, that mm-hmm. we were able to um, to do that. And I think the other part of that question is, you know, kind of where does this set us up now? Yeah. You know, the companies that we work for that had us on site, or that there's there's several other companies that do what we do. Right. The, they were they were um, a step ahead. You know, they yeah. have healthcare providers that are already on site for them. Uh, a, a resource that's readily available. I think one of our biggest things that we talked to all of our clients about was saying, you know, use us because what we're dealing with, with you guys at, as clients on a daily basis is muscle strains and sprains. You know, those injuries are still going to happen because your, right. your employees are still working, right. but don't crowd the healthcare system with these minor strains and sprains when that's where all the sick people are at. Right. Yeah. You bet. They saw the value in that and, that's a great point. And we've, we've been preaching this ever since we started, you know, as a company, but it's just saying, Hey, use us. And you don't go to the, you, know, you don't need to go see healthcare, um, you know, medical professionals at the hospital or urgency care or ER, 
for this. Let us do the job. And so they've, our clients have been really appreciative that we've uh, been on site, that we established a relationship with their employees. Um, for me, it I feel you know grateful to be in the position that I am uh, because had I not been in the industrial side, I would have been one of those that's been out of a job right now. Yeah, you know, I, you bring to light a really important um, fact within the athletic training profession, and how it basically, with with the all the sports and athletics being shut down, uh, those people were kind of just left out in the wind a lot of them, which is unfortunate. But uh, with companies like yours um, providing much needed and essential jobs, um, mm-hmm. it's been a. I, I think the athletic training profession comes out really on top in this one, um, unfortunately. And as you know, I mean, this is kind of what we're trained for in a, in a way. I mean, right. this kind of emergent slash um, urgent response to a, a real big problem or situation that requires a flexible um, training and various uh, skills in various areas of medicine slash healthcare. I mean, I can't think of another profession off the top of my head that's probably as prepared to step into this role as the athletic training profession is and um, can easily jump back to athletics and sports once that's all back kind of up and running again as well. But maybe this kind of highlights the need for, for athletic trainers in other realms, which is something that we've been talking about for years within the profession. Yep. Yeah. I think this has been great. And one of the things my, uh, our boss that, uh, that owns action on site, Sonia Lopez, she's an occupational therapist. And, um, you know, I was probably eight years ago, I was one of the first athletic trainers that they, that they hired on. And since then, we we've actually got uh, more athletic trainers on staff normally than we do uh, any other profession. So we do we hire PTs, PTAs, um, OTs, CODAs, um, all across the board to do our services. But we have found out the that the adaptability of an athletic trainer, you know, um, the way that they're able to just kind of jump in and you know minimal instruction, just hey, here's what you need to do, and then just they just get it done, um, has been you know by far one of the best. Uh, professions that we that we hire for what we do. So it, obviously I'm biased, but that's the first <laughs> thing that I look for when we're hiring someone is, you know, are they an athletic trainer? What are they at? What, are they, what have they done? And how, and like I said, how easy they can jump into um, to our system and do what they could do. And even, even now as COVID-19 screeners, some of our facilities are, they're putting us up, you know, not inside the building, but we're inside of a tent, a heated tent outside okay. from a shift from midnight to 6 a.m. You know, and we're talking to our athletic trainers that we hire, and I'm saying, all right, well, here's the setup. You're going to be outside in a tent, you know, from from midnight to six. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Like we're athletic trainers. That's what we do. Yeah, I think like, they kind of thrive nice. in the outdoor gotta, environment, right? <laughs> yeah, I got a heater. Like this is this is like soccer practice. <laughs> that's more of a luxury yeah, than heater, most have, so, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're they're loving it. They they adapt so well, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of all the athletic trainers that we have. Um, that have, that have been hired on as, as contractors for us uh, to do this job. Well, that's, that's, that's great news. And um, I'm glad we could have you on the podcast to kind of shed some light on the profession and how it's uh, really uh, been helping out in throves here with this pandemic. And um, what is your uh, take as an athletic trainer on, on this whole thing with all the sports potentially pushing back seasons, canceling seasons, or, you know, trying to adapt uh, where, where do you see some of this going? Do you have any uh, personal views on this uh, with regards to like, I know you worked in the NBA a little bit. What do you think? Yep. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, I, I don't want to spread any conspiracies on your show here, <laughs> but you know, the Blazers were, were about to ready to creep in on an eighth spot in the, in the, in the West. And so <laughs> all this happened 
and uh, sure enough, everything's kind of died down. So I'm a little bummed that uh, we yeah. didn't, we might not get to see the the finished product of, of where the Blazers might have ended up or what we could have done. So uh, it was a little disheartening for sure to know that we didn't get to finish out. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate for sure. I mean, especially with a lot of these other organizations across the country. But um, I guess if there's one shining light to take out of all that, I guess it gives everybody a chance to rest and recover and reflect mm -hmm. on their careers, where they're at, where they're going, what they want to do differently, maybe change up some routines or bad habits they've developed over the years and uh, gives the younger athletes a chance to rest because we know in this profession, you see a lot of younger athletes suffering a lot more uh, chronic injuries and stuff due to the sports specialization that's been going on. So hopefully all this downtime, spending time with the family will kind of help them get through all that and kind of make them change their perception about things a little bit. And maybe it will help us all form some better habits moving forward. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think the, the, the rest time that, you know, these athletes are getting now, um, especially for the off season athletes, you know, that are, are kind of full season anyways, you know, volleyball would normally be taking place right now, or even obviously soccer as, as well. Mm -hmm. And so them not being able to, to practice and, and, uh, kind of over at times overtrain, I think is a great thing. I do feel bad for the, the baseball and softball, you know, uh, teams that are, are not get to even have a season, but uh, mm -hmm. overall, I think, I think I hope to always try to see the silver lining of all this that, um, you know, I think we're in general, our, my neighborhood, I see way more people out than the, the normal, you know, playing sports and just doing, doing fun things. Yeah, In fact, athletes doing sports they wouldn't normally have done. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, I, I see a lot more people uh, on their bicycles lately around town and uh, spending a lot more time doing uh, some physical activities with their kids outside in the yard. So, uh, again, like you said, it's definitely uh, been a, a nice bright spot to see. Well, listen, yep. that's all the time we have, but I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brady Course. He's a certified athletic trainer out on the West Coast in Washington. Uh, Brady, any last thoughts or any last comments? Uh, no, man, I appreciate it. This is fun. This is uh, me and Brian have not been able to connect in uh, in a long, long time. Yeah, so it was great to be, able to be on the show and uh, talk, talk with him. And I just appreciate what you're doing. So this is great. All right, great. Well, thanks for stopping in. You bet. Thanks, Brian. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. So that was a great interview with Brady, and I'm so glad I was able to catch up with him and for you guys to join in in that conversation that we had regarding the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and its effect on professionals, not only within healthcare, but also those within the realm of sports, um, healthcare and sports medicine, which is the goal of this podcast is to bring that information to light. Um, one other thing I want to play for you here before we kind of wrap things up is a little um, sound sample from a YouTube video that was posted back in March of 2018 by the Gatorade Performance Partner YouTube channel. And for those of you that don't know, um, Gatorade is a founding partner and sponsor for the National Athletic Trainers Association. So they've been um, behind the athletic training profession for a long time. And um, this video uh, is a little emotional, I'll admit, but it I think it kind of um, points out the importance uh, of the athletic training profession, which although my credentials are currently retired, I still kind of consider myself an athletic trainer at heart. It's where I began my career. It's how I was um, 
kind of got into uh, the whole sports medicine uh, field. And um, I still use a lot of the knowledge and skills that I acquired during my athletic training years as I work now as a certified physician assistant. So I'm going to play this clip for you and then, uh, and we'll wrap things up. I was effectively dead for three minutes and my athletic trainer saved my life. They can save lives. They don't just wrap ankles and put broken fingers in splints. They just don't do that. Those are just the little things that they do. They're ready for the big stuff. That's what people need to know. This is why we're so important. This is why it is so vital for us to be in the schools, to be with the teams, to be present every day so that we can have this kind of impact this could have been a catastrophe. And it wasn't because Kevin was there because an athletic trainer was there. Kevin saved her life and he didn't just save her life. He saved all, all of us. If you're sitting at practice and one of your teammates dies, I mean, that, that would change who you are. That would change everything about my life. So just, just tell, them what you, tell them what you wanted to say. Go ahead and just tell them. Thank you. Thank you for saving Dale's life and being here. I couldn't imagine life without her. So thank you for knowing what you needed to know in that time. Thank you. It's just doing my job. Listening to the Injured List podcast with your host Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now back to the show. Well, great interview with Brady Corsa. Uh, he's a consummate professional, great guy. Glad to get him in here from the West Coast to do an interview with us. And um, he had a lot of great insight to provide and a lot of great uh, information for all of you who are interested in this sort of thing and who are concerned over the current state of the um, pandemic. Great to see how um, athletic trainers being at the forefront of the battle against this pandemic, uh, crossing over from the world of sports and sports injuries and working in uh, corporate America and the industrial setting, getting things accomplished uh, like we know they can. And I don't just say that, um, you know, uh, without meaning it. Uh, I've been in this profession a long time now. I've met a lot of great, knowledgeable, skilled, um, compassionate individuals who really care about this profession and who do wonderful work day in and day out. And uh, like I mentioned when I was talking with Brady, I couldn't think of any other profession within healthcare that is more ready to step up in a situation like this and put on a different hat and take the role of um, helping be basically uh, the gatekeepers and the uh, screeners uh, for this pandemic. So I uh, couldn't be more proud of um, the profession as a whole. So if you're interested in learning any more information about the athletic training profession, I encourage you to visit the National Athletic Trainers Association website, www.nata.org. 
It's a great resource. You can find a lot of uh, educational information about the profession as a whole, a lot of educational resources available online there too. And uh, if you know any athletic trainers out there, um, you know, thank them for their help and for their service throughout this uh, current pandemic. And, uh, you know, like they always say, we're, we're in this together. Uh, with uh, the regards to this current state of uh, health affairs here. So we'll all get through this. We'll be good to go soon. Uh, stay tight. Uh, hang on there. Stay active. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay safe. Mm-hmm.